What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, and if you are looking for trustworthy Christian higher education that equips you to think biblically, reason truthfully, and share God's Word effectively, Texas Baptist College is the place for you. TBC's focus is Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused. And the best way to experience TBC is to attend its Spring Preview Day on March 31st. You'll get to tour the campus, speak with faculty members, chat with fellow students, and experience the unique campus community of Texas Baptist College during Spring Preview Day. So register today at texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash preview. And Kyle, this is going to go live on Friday. Uh, So I'm going to say this in faith that I had a great time at Southwestern Seminary yesterday uh, because today is technically Wednesday, but tomorrow or yesterday, oh, this is confusing. Thursday, I'm going to be at Southwestern for a partners roundtable with OS and Dr. Dockery and, and all those good folks. And I think some associational mission strategists and maybe some convention leaders and whatnot. So looking forward to that. We are grateful for our friends and partners at Southwestern Seminary. Encourage you to check that out. Of course, you can find out about Swibitz Southwestern Seminary at Swibitz, S-W-B-T-S dot E-D-U. Kyle, how are you, man? You know what, man? I'm fantastic. We had a snow day earlier this week. And uh, while I wasn't off, I mean, I work from home most of the time anyway. So uh, the kids were off, uh, and then, so that was, this, as we are recording this yesterday, Tuesday, then this morning, they had a delayed start until 10 o'clock, which, let me tell you, I'm on board with. I think we should just start school at 10 o'clock. It was, it was the best. We got up, we had kind of a leisurely morning, and uh, then got everybody off to school, and um, it was great. And uh, so, got some snow, got some moisture, there's still some snow on the ground outside. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it helped kind of ease the pain from my Cowboys who were atrocious on Sunday. And uh, so, yeah, it's been been a good week. How are you? Because I know you guys had some snow as well. Uh, I mean, it we did. <laughs> it, it snowed uh, not at all to even see anything on the ground whatsoever. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you can get dusting, but it was still like, I think it was like 38 degrees as it was snowing. Okay. So it was just big old flakes, but not a whole lot happening. So, so uh, no, no disruption really got, for school or anything like that. Then. No, no. You, you'd be surprised that, you know, we'll close for anything here. And speaking yep. of the 10 o'clock thing, I, I may agree with that. However, I also am a huge fan of what we do here is a Tuesday to Friday school <laughs> week. Uh, that's That's been great because Monday you can get your doctor's appointments in and not ever have to worry about missing school and all that kind of stuff. And, and of course we just make that kind of the family day and go do stuff together, all of that. So, so it's kind of cool, but, uh, but enough of that, Kyle, why did churches die? Uh, I'll <laughs> have a little article, uh, and not just y'all, you wrote this thing. Uh, it's about to yeah. get something with uh, I know. the money you make there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you've got a part one of how many parts is this going to be? Cause it could be. Uh, so, yeah. So, so far we have three, parts that are up on the replant blog. Um, It's going to end up being seven or eight, maybe nine. We may add some more. We'll see. But it's going to be a pretty robust series that we're running. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever you say, you wrote it. So I don't know how (laughs) robust it's going to be. Uh, But uh, but, but kind of the premise behind this one 
the key reason is going to be they began loving something more than Jesus, right? And that something can be many things. And of course, that's what the article kind of explores. Uh, but why don't you set that up first before we dig into the, the, the numbered list, the listicle, if you will. But kind of set set that up, why churches die, kind of set this up. Maybe we'll just make this our series for the next couple of days and go through these article uh, for these next few Fridays. Yeah, so when we say that they begin loving something more than Jesus, um, I would say you're going to have a hard time getting anyone to admit that, right? To say, yes, we have replaced Jesus with something else, right? Um, and yet, uh, this is true of everyone in their lives at some point, right? We, we all have something that has become an idol that, that if we're really honest with ourselves, I think we would say fights for the, the place that only Jesus should have. Well, churches are no exception to that. Churches can begin doing things and operating in such a way and have something that replaces their love for Jesus, right? Um, and, and so what, what, what does happen, even if they would say, no, you know, no, like I said, no, no church would ever say, yes, we, we love this. We identify with this thing more than we identify with Jesus. But what happens is that sometimes we can mistake our way of doing things with our love for the Lord. So, so in other words, um, we love Jesus, and because we love Jesus, we're going to do things this way, and and we almost elevate the way we do things to that position of loving the Lord. So, if we stop doing things this way, um, we would be faltering in our devotion to the Lord. Now, let me let me give a caveat here. We are not talking about abandoning Scripture, right? We're, we're not talking about. Uh, okay, so we're going to give a motivational speech instead of <laughs> preaching the Bible. Um, no, we, 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 we have certain things that we are tethered to because we are followers of Jesus. But sometimes methodically, we, we can confuse uh, methodological things with doctrinal things. And, and, you know, in some, I think we've joked before, like sometimes you could go into a church and preach straight heresy. Um, and, and your job would be okay. Um, but if you, you know, say something wrong politically, you might be canceled before yeah. you even got out the door. Right. Or, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons that, that, that that can happen. So we'll talk through three. These aren't the only things that come up. Um, they are, I think some of the kind of more common ones that we've seen over the last 30 years or so, um, that, that a church can be defined by, and, and that can fight for our worship of Jesus by kind of focusing on these other things. Yeah. All right. So number one, uh, churches can love their music more than they love Jesus. Number one, churches can love their music more than they love Jesus. And you you kind of talk about, uh, you know, in, in the past, we had the worship wars, you know, right? Were you going to have a contemporary service? Were you going to have a traditional service? Were you going to have a blended service? I served a church that in the bylaws, uh, we had to have a 50-50 split between wow. hymns and contemporary praise choruses. And, uh, you know, it's like the the upside for, for me is usually the invitation was automatically going to be a hymn. You know, I surrender all, all amazing grace, you know, something like that. And so that gave me that kind of bonus one. Um, that was going to kind of skew it, but uh, but anyway, 
uh, we, we even had some that were kind of particular about, well, this is in the hymnal, but it's still a praise song, you know, that kind of deal. And, and yeah, yeah, there's like actual definitions for this. Uh, but, but yeah, churches can love their music more than they love Jesus. And, uh, and while that debate has kind of largely subsided, most churches, e- even the ones that kind of have the traditional and the blended or the contemporary, whatever, they still do a mix. Uh, there's so many bands that are out there that are doing hymns in a modern way. So there's kind of the ways to kind of go either side that that argument has largely kind of set to the side. But why would this still be a thing today, even if we're not arguing necessarily hymns and courses? Right. So, so music is so much based on personal preference, right? I, you know, I may prefer hymns to um, piano and organ. I may prefer um, updated hymns, maybe that Chris Tomlin has, you know, taken and added a chorus or three to um, and played with a guitar. I may prefer like more contemporary worship. And and I'll say this, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of having a personal preference when it comes to worship, as long as you don't conflate your personal preference with real worship. Um, and, and again, you know, back in, back in especially the 80s and the 90s, um, when, when I was kind of becoming a worship leader in the late 90s, th- this was still um, going on. But even still, I know a pastor um, who, uh, who told me that, that his church in their bylaws said that they would not sing anything that was not in the 91 Baptist hymnal. That was their, I mean, it was in their bylaws. That was their, that, that, that was what their worship would be. Right. And so you can elevate in this case, your personal preference up to that level of what it means to, to truly love Jesus. And so if you love Jesus, the way I love Jesus, you're going to sing the stuff that that I sing. And if you don't like the music I like, then you might not really love Jesus, right? And and again, you know, I, I think this has kind of subsided, but but we've certainly seen churches through the years that have split over um worship music preferences. We've seen, I think we both know guys that have probably been fired because they they crossed that line. Um and and this is this is a reason churches die because you begin arguing and fighting over something that is not primary, but is really based on preferences. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is, we, we, we can elevate this, whether we realize we're doing it or not elevate it up to the level of um, our love for Jesus. And, and if, and if the worship music isn't done exactly the way we think it should be, then we're going to show that that's an idol. Because it doesn't matter what else is happening, we, we're going. We we can split over that yeah. and and break fellowship over something as simple as a, a preference about music. Yeah. All right. Number dose. Churches can love their buildings more than they love Jesus. Churches can love their buildings yeah. more than they love Jesus. I actually just came from a pave preview, which is uh, Texas Baptist uh, Church revitalization. Uh, program method, uh, really church growth strategy, that kind of deal. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was uh, being very careful and and ultimately to always saying no to any plaque on a wall. Um, you know, it ends up being that person's room. It in, you know, you're going to have to wait for that person to die, that person's spouse to die, all of their kids to die, all of that kind of stuff before you can ever take that thing down because now it's suddenly sacred because that's, you know, that's the Kyle Bierman Memorial 
you know, fellowship hall or whatever it might be. And, uh, and so, so that kind of goes with that a little bit, but churches can love their buildings more than they love Jesus. And, and yes, that sounds ridiculous. Again, nobody's going to go up and say, you know what? I really like my style of music more than the Jesus we're going to sing about, or I love this building more than the Jesus I'm going to worship within this building. And, uh, and it is, but sometimes by our actions and, and so forth, we can show that, yeah, that's a little more like an idol for us. Talk to, about, talk to us about that, Kyle. Yeah, and I think this rears its head when something happens in the, the physical space of the church and either something breaks or something's not put back exactly right. Um, and, and again, it, yes, it's annoying when you walk in and your, you know, your chairs are not set up the way that they should be. Or yes, it, it is um, a little unfortunate when something breaks. And if, if an outside group is using the church building and something breaks, um, but those things are not ultimate, right? And so our buildings, I believe, are given to us to be a blessing and they, they should be a blessing to the community. Um, and, and so don't be afraid to allow in w- within limited bounds the, the community to to come into your building for things, right? Now, there's you know certainly there there's some things that we're not going to allow. You know, for instance, every church I know uh, in the in the SBC would not allow a, a gay wedding to happen in in your church. Um, but a local theater group that wants to come in and and needs a place to rehearse and needs a um, needs some space and you can be a blessing in that way. Don't be afraid to, to do that. Don't be afraid to let them use it. Um, and, and again, you, you know, and, and even in, in church, um, inside church stuff, this can happen where, you know, the youth come in and, and, uh, invade the, the parlor, the, you know, the, the, whatever is right below the Holy of Holies. Sometimes that's what the parlor is, right? Like, like it's the, it's the gateway into God's presence. And if you, if you mess up the parlor, uh, everything goes wrong. No, the, these spaces are not sacred. They are physical spaces that the Lord has given, uh, in order to be a blessing, to, to be used to further the kingdom and to build relationships with your community. And, uh, and so don't, don't shut your building off from absolutely everything and, and don't lose your mind when something breaks or if something gets dirty or gasp, if someone spills coffee on the carpet, it's, it's yeah. not the end of the world. <laughs> Isn't it Mark Clifton that says, have you ever seen a cup of coffee just floating through the sanctuary? Uh, right. Yep. It's always being held by somebody always in someone's hand. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and that person is somebody that Jesus died for and loved, and they're there and we want them to be careful. We don't want them to ruin pews, ruin the carpet, whatever it is. Uh, but what, what a joy it is when they're there yeah. with or without coffee. And, uh, and so I like what you said. They're, they're, uh, great when they serve the church well, yeah. but they're well, great masters when they dictate what the church can and can't do in ministry. And uh, so if we love our, our buildings uh, more than we love Jesus, our church is definitely in trouble. And uh, it would sound like similar to that. Number three, churches can love their structures more than they love Jesus. But we're not really talking about the foundation and the walls of the church. We're talking about maybe the, the structure of the church, our bylaws or our leadership structure or our programs, all of that kind of stuff. 
And, uh, and of course, many of us that have pastored long enough may have heard something similar too. I don't care what the Bible says. We're talking about the bylaws. Uh, you know, so maybe you've heard that verbatim. Maybe you've felt that in kind of the reaction of people or whatever it might be, or that's how we've always done it, or we've never done it that way, that kind of a thing. But churches can love their structures more than they love Jesus. Talk to us about that. Yeah, and I think what happens here is that people confuse their way, their their specific way of doing church with loving Jesus, right? So, um, and again, you know, this can this can come down to committees, this can come down to ministry teams, um, and, and again, there, there's nothing wrong with having certain ministry teams. There's nothing wrong with having certain committees. As long as those things are not unbiblical, I think the New Testament gives us a, a pretty decent amount of freedom to organize our local body the way that that we need to under the scriptures to reach the community. Um, but the problem is when teams, when committees, when the Constitution and the bylaws become hindrances to reaching your community, right, to, to proclaiming the gospel. And when that happens, it's time to reevaluate their uh, their effectiveness and and to revamp them when necessary and, and I would say you know apart from the office of uh, so according to the Baptist faith and message right which we're going to be in agreement with apart from the offices of pastor and deacon um, that you, you have some freedom to to organize your church but don't conflate your specific organizational structure with um, the New Testament and what it says about about the Bible, and and certainly don't conflate your bylaws with the Bible. And and again, you know, in some cases, somebody could preach anti uh, or contrary to the Bible and be fine, but break a bylaw and they're fired, and that's a problem when when we get into those realms. All right, uh, Kyle, I don't know if this is going to be on one of the other parts. Uh, but if you love your stage decorations more than Jesus, uh, you might have a problem. Uh, you know, if if you love your pulpit, you know, I'm a pulpit guy more than that you love Jesus or your pub table or your flags yeah. or whatever. Way, There's a lot of things we can plug in there. Uh, but the main and, thing and, is. And, and here's, 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 here's another caveat that I think is important. This is not just an older traditional issue. Right. So it, so it's not just a, well, you know, we we have to get rid of the pulpit um, because or we, we have to keep the pulpit or or we're not going to reach people. We can be younger generations can be just as um, stingy about these things. And we can we can make idols out of the opposite of that as well. Well, we're absolutely never going to have a pulpit. We're only going to sing contemporary songs. Right. So, so if you're listening to this and thinking, man, the old folks in my church just need to get on board with this, that you're probably missing something because I think each of us is just as susceptible to falling into this trap as anyone else. It's not just a generational issue. All right. Well, on the, the flip side, the positive side of all of these things of not to do, if you do sense any of these things or even know they're happening or sense you going in this direction at your church, first lead your people to repent. Second, love your people well. And then finally, most importantly, constantly point them to Jesus because he's better than your preferred music. He's better than your buildings. 
and he's better than your structures. And he has promised that he will build his church. And so trust him, take him at his word. And he's not going to lead us astray. And this really starts with the pastor. And, and I think there also needs to be some self-reflection here and ask yourself, do I like my preferred music more than maybe what what I love about Jesus? Do I like this this building and, and maybe our programs and the structure or even my idea of revitalizing this church more than I love Jesus? Because at the end of the day, let's not leave our first love. That is Jesus. So Kyle, any final words before you send us out? No, you're exactly right. You're, you're right. This starts with the pastor. Um, and so pastor, do some self-reflection, do, do your own heart check on yourself. Um, and then, you know, when I said there, love your people well, be patient with them. Um, I don't think any, as we've said several times, I don't think anybody falls into this trap um, or walks into this uh, um, deliberately and says, well, this is the thing that I'm going to define my, my relationship with Jesus or our life as a church as. Um, and so it can take some time to break those cycles. So be patient with them. Uh, this is where you need the tactical patience that we've talked about so much. Um, and just love your people well, point them to Jesus and, and believing that he will build his church. All right. Well, send us out then. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. What's wrong with you people?